0: Tell you what, that kind of music, that kind of singing, it'll uh, wake our dead neighbors. And I'm not talking about the church over there. I'm talking about the cemetery. But, well, boy, I th- I uh, do uh, appreciate. I just want to. I wish I had time to, like thank everybody and uh, for everything that they've done. You know, getting us to uh, this point, just getting the building ready, and uh, just giving everything that's been done. A lot of work and a lot of prayer has gone into this, and I don't have time to recognize everybody but I really do appreciate uh everyone you know who you are and if i I'll just not recognize anybody and you get your rewards in heaven how's that sound but uh but anyway I do and I appreciate the music and uh th- today was the debut of our choir so uh finally we've been wanting to get a choir for years and appreciate brother Daniel uh, leading that and uh I thought it sounded pretty good I enjoyed singing it anyway I don't know y'all y'all looked like you were somewhat pleased so That's good. But anyway, let's go ahead and go to uh, Matthew chapter 9. I've got my wrong sermon notes up here. I've got uh, tonight's sermon. I believe it was Matthew chapter 9 where we did the reading. Matthew chapter 9. And uh, we'll start reading in verse 35. It says And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted, and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Now, in this passage here, we're seeing Jesus moved with compassion. He's looking at this group of people who are about to faint in the way, and he sees all these people everywhere as sheep not having a shepherd, and then when he saw that, I mean, it it moved his heart. He was sad about this, and he wanted to help these people. He was healing all these people. He's doing everything he can. He's preaching to them, but there were so many of them. There's multitudes. They had real needs, and there just weren't enough labors, and so this is why he's kind of sad in this this, uh, story, because because nobody's leading these people they're just kind of being scattered and this was not a good situation and so what's interesting about this passage is that many of these people who were fainting and being scattered abroad would not have been if they would have just had some laborers if they'd just had some shepherds shepherds to guide them that was all they needed these people were willing to listen they were willing to hear the truth but there just weren't enough people telling the truth and so they were being scattered. And so this crowd that Jesus had compassion on is a crowd that, with just a little bit of help, were ready to do the right thing. And it's an important thing we get. We get this concept. And so many times, we often go on these quests to try to figure out the uh, secret to success, or we just kind of hope success will come by chance. You know, we think successful people are all lucky. That's kind of the attitude we have sometimes. And But many times, we don't realize that everything we need is right there, it's at our doorstep. It says in John 4:35, "Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white all ready to harvest. And the title of my sermon this morning is, it's harvest season. It is harvest season. And this is kind of a theme that I want to just kind of take uh, into the next months because we literally are in harvest season right now. I mean, it's, it's just a matter of time and we're going to see him harvesting the crops out here. We're in farm country. We all know about harvest season, but I believe as a church, for us as a church, at Liberty Baptist Church, that this is harvest season for us. We have done a lot of work for a long time, and there has been a lot of things happening. God has been doing a lot of things, and I believe it's just time for us to start reaping the harvest. But you know what? If we don't get busy during the harvest time... Then we're going to miss an opportunity because think about all that work, you know, that goes into farming and getting crops planted. I mean, it takes a lot of work just to plant, you know, and there's a lot of work that they do throughout the year. But, you know, all of that would be a waste of time if they didn't do anything during the harvest season. I mean, the harvest season, that's the most important time. That's when you get to finally reap. Everything that you sowed and you know as a church, you know, we've been you know, we've been working for a long time We've been working all year I mean as difficult as it's been in 2020 to just operate as a church and to do anything without all the obstacles We've had in our way when it comes to just everything we've still just been plowing away We've been plugging away and I do believe that it's time for us to start reaping some things and to start doing some harvesting And we need to get this in our mind and so in luke chapter 10 we see how Jesus, he ends up sending the 70 into all the cities because there were, there were so many that were ready to hear the truth. But somebody had to take it to them. Okay? And the biggest problem they had was they didn't have enough labor. Look what it says in Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. and It says, And these things the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whither he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great. But the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. And so I believe right now we are in the harvest season, spiritually speaking. Okay? Despite what all is going on in our world, I believe we are in a harvest season right now. And so while most of the world is you know, really messed up and it's got a lot of problems right now, you know, the truth is for us as a church, if we are willing to do the work right now, if we're willing to labor right now, I believe right now we have one of the greatest opportunities in front of us that we've ever had as a church. And we just need to be like Jesus, though, and we need to get a little motivated with some compassion. We need to look and see what's going on. Look at the spiritual landscape of our world today, and we need to have some compassion on what's going on with people. It's not a pretty picture that we're seeing out there. I don't know about you all, but I don't like watching the news anymore. I'm tired of just, I'm not even surprised by anything. This morning, I just watched a video of a tornado of fire. Did anybody see that? Okay, now how many were surprised by that? Now, in 2019, I would have been surprised by that. In 2020, I'm not surprised by anything. I'm not, we had a hurricane come through here. We literally had a hurricane come through here just the other day. I mean, the crazy things that are going on in this country, I mean, the whole West Coast is burning down right now we've got the pandemic we've got you know just the, we've got the riots we've got a lot of bad stuff going on in our country right now and if we wanted we could talk about all that and you know we could get ourselves pretty depressed if we wanted to i mean good night if i would have you know if i would i went to back to 2019 okay and watched the news from today i'd have been like it's tribulation it, 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 i mean it, surely this is what it was going to look like right i mean but you know i, I mean. I, you know, I don't really think we're in it, but I would have last year. You know, I would have last year if I'd have seen all these things. But I believe, though, that this is a great opportunity, spiritually speaking, for us as a church, if we're willing to do a few things and understand a few things. Because you know, what does this multitude that's around us look like today? Because understand, things were pretty difficult during this day when Jesus made this statement. I mean, the Roman Empire was in command during that time. Israel is basically in you know in under their rule and under their authority It was a spiritually dark time. I mean things were wicked in Israel during that day yet. Jesus said we've got a plenteous Plenteous harvest in front of us. The only problem is we've only got a few laborers Right now and so jesus saw all these people that needed something and he had compassion on them And so what is this multitude that's around us look like today? Well, first off, we need to understand there are, we've got to just get this in our head, there are still many people ready to get saved if someone will just preach the gospel to them. People talk about how hard it is to get people saved today. And, you know, I mean, it is hard to get people saved sometimes, but there's more out there ready than you think. Look at what it says in Luke chapter 14 and verse 16. It says, Then said he unto him, a certain man that made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say unto them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, yet there is room. And the Lord said unto that servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. I want you to notice how in the story when they start calling people, You know, they had the people that you would typically go to. For example, when it comes to getting people saved, the first people we ought to be interested in is our family. I mean, our family ought to be the first. When you get saved, they should be the first ones you go to and tell them about Jesus because obviously we care about them the most. They're our family. They're our flesh and blood. We love them. But then after that, you know, we ought to tell our neighbors. We ought to tell our friends, people that we know, uh, you know, the people that we're closest to. We ought to tell them. But you know what? All our family doesn't accept, do they? A lot of times, many of them don't. A lot of times, our friends don't always accept these things. But you know what? There always are those out there that are ready. But you know what? we got to go out to them. We've got to go out into the highways and hedges. We've got to go out, and we've got to compel them to come in. I wish we could just put a sign on the front of the building like we have and put the service times on there and open the doors and everybody just come flocking to us, but they're not doing that. But you know, the harvest, it doesn't just jump into that combine by itself. You got to go out there and you got to get it. And if we're going to get people saved, we've got to go out there and we've got to find them. We've got to go out there. We've got to knock on their door. We've got to tell them about Jesus. He you say, but I had the door slammed in my face. Yes, but his neighbor might not slam the door in your face. just got to go to the next place and you just got to keep going and eventually you're going to get to that person that's ready to go I talked to two people not far from here at all last year we were out knocking doors and it was an older couple that had gone to church all their life but I asked them I said do you know for sure if you're going to go to heaven and they said no we don't and we'd really like to know I mean these people were so anxious to know to know how to be saved. And they knew a lot about Jesus. There was a lot of things about the Bible that they knew. But nobody had ever told these people, you can know right now that you were saved. They, you can be 100% sure. They were just hoping they were going to go to heaven. And you know they knew they were getting close, and they wanted to know. And I, I opened the Bible, and I showed them what the Bible says. And they were like, I believe that. And I said, I said well, do you believe it if you ask Jesus? To save you right now that he'd do that he'd save you forever never take away your salvation and they said yes And they prayed right there and asked the lord to save them and they're on their way to heaven right now And i'll never forget. I walked away from there. I forgot who I was with that day, but I was talking to them and I said, you know You just got to wonder how many more people are out there just like this couple Wanting to know that they're going to heaven Going to church many times too, but not even in church being told the true gospel not even being told that you can know for sure you're on your way to heaven, how many more people are out there like that, just waiting? How many more people are out there like like Hazel nine years ago, whose door we knocked on, invited her to come, and she just came just because we asked her. That was the only reason she wasn't a Baptist, you know we just asked uh, you know, she started, was coming every week, and I, I thought we stole her from another church she was so faithful, but then she said, "I oh, know, and turned out she wasn't saved eventually. She got saved. Just, I wonder how many more Hazels are out there like that, but we just never knocked on her door. You know, if we hadn't knocked on her door, she wouldn't have come. Nine years she, she'd been coming here. Her and her sister, Beulah, and Pat, all three of them were there that first Sunday. They're still here. All, I mean, we, we, you know, we haven't been able to run them off, and, and we don't want to. You know, we. I was making sure. I was talking to you know, telling everybody last week, make sure when we go to the new building, you're all here. We, we want to take everyone with us because every, everybody's important. And I'm just, you know, and every, whenever that happens, I just think, man, how many more people are out there ready to get saved? There are there are people out there searching, looking, but there's just so few people to tell them. And we're missing an opportunity. Their, their, their hearts are ready. They want to, they, you know, they would get saved if someone would just tell them, but the labors are few. So we've got to get the labors to find these people. The numbers are thinning. You know, the ratio of those who are ready to those who aren't, they're not necessarily going in the right direction. But here's where our opportunity is. Here's where our advantage is. There's also fewer people going out today trying to reach those people. You know, there was a time, you know, when you were out soul and you were competing with a lot of other churches for those people. But not today. Today, I mean, not many people are doing that kind of thing. And I remember nine years ago when we were knocking doors and Telling people about the grand opening of our church, I remember one lady. It was an elderly lady, and she saw what we were doing. And she's like, "This is she, this is so wonderful." She said, "Our church used to do this," and then she went, proceeded to tell me how their church is dying. She's like, "Maybe we should start doing stuff like this again." And truth is, if we're not out there trying to, you know, reach the lost, why would the Lord bless our church? You know, why would God help us to grow? Why would we have any increase? If we're not willing to go out and work in the harvest time. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to be busy. And it is, it's is—it's just amazing how easily some people get saved today. Some people are hard. There's hard cases, you know. But there's the easy people. We've got to go get them. So another thing, uh, to, uh, Matthew, uh, turn back to Matthew chapter 9 in verse 36. Notice what it says. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted. And we're scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. There's many people out there today who want to do the right thing, and they want to stand with those who are doing right, but they just don't know where we are. A lot of people just, you know, as long as we've been out here, they don't know we're here yet. They don't know what we believe. To to them, we're just one out of dozens and dozens of churches in this area. They don't know us. And, you know, a lot of people have, I mean, think about this. If you just went and you didn't know anything about religion, you didn't know anything about the different denominations, and you just decided, you know what, I'm just going to start trying churches. I mean, you know, how long before you would have ended up here? I mean, you know, there's like a 1 in 60 chance, I guess. But the thing is, by the time you've gone through about 10 or 12, and you got nothing out of it, you're probably going to give up. And a lot of people start seeing all churches as kind of the same, and that's just not the case. But, you know, that's why we've got to be busy being out there telling people what we're doing. We need to be public in what we preach and what we do and what we stand for because there's a lot of people out there who believe like we do. They just don't know where we are. And they want to stand with somebody that's doing the right thing, but they don't know where we're at. Turn over to Revelation chapter 2 and <clears throat> verse 2 because many people are trying to stand strong, but they are fainting because of a lack of leadership a lack or a lack of companionship. It says in Revelation 2 two. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored and not fainted. Now, notice how Jesus is commending this church here because they worked, but they hadn't fainted. And you know, the Bible says that we shall reap if we faint not. But here's the question we need to ask Why would we faint? You know why we'd faint? Because we're weary? We faint because we're tired, or we're discouraged, and it's real easy to just faint, but thank God for a church where we can get around to other people and be encouraged to do the right thing and to stand strong and to work with other people. Thank God that we have that kind of thing, and this church, I believe one of the reasons the people made it is because they had each other, but you know a lot of people are out there, they think like we do, they believe like we do, but they're not here with us, they're not around people who think and believe like they do. And so they're busy watching the news, and they think everybody's lost their mind. They're busy watching television and all the propaganda there, and they think that they are alone in the world. They think they're the only people that believe a certain way. And you know what? If you, you know, believe this Bible, if you're you know an old-fashioned Christian, you know what? You're not alone. You know, we've got a congregation full of people here that actually believe this stuff, and we make a pretty big deal about it. And, you know, one of the reasons we all get along with each other so well is because we have these same beliefs. I mean, we've got a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds, from a lot of different places, but you know what we all have in common? We've got Jesus Christ in common. We've got doctrine in common. And so we have fellowship with each other, and that encourages us, us to go on where a lot of people are just, they're fainting, they're giving up. Yeah, you know what? I must be crazy. No, you're not crazy. And I felt like when we started this church, that I, that's kind of what I had to do that first year. You know, as I was, I felt like I was teaching a lot of the old timers in our church that, hey, you're not crazy. Hey, you old timers, you all were right on how you think. They're seeing the stuff that's going on in this world. They're like, man, something's really wrong here. But the news media is telling you, no, you know, you're just, you know, you're behind the times. You're off. And I felt like I'm here telling no, you're right on the money. Okay. You absolutely knew what you were talking about. You are thinking right. You're being lied to by these people. And I think it was an encouragement, you know, when they found, you know, to find, hey, guess what? What I grew up with, what I was taught, my way of thinking actually lines up with the Bible. It's an, it's an encouraging thing. And thank God we have each other. But a lot of people, they are fainting because they think they're all alone. And they're not. They need to get around people like us. So we need to be out there. We need to be witnessing to people. We need to be, you know, uh, you know, be vocal about what we believe. We need to stand up against the wickedness that's going on in this world. Many people are fed up with the compromise in churches, but they think there's nowhere to go. In Jeremiah chapter 23, uh, in the passages there, we see a, a woe pronounced or a curse on those uh, shepherds who scatter the flock. Go ahead and turn to uh, Jeremiah chapter 23. In verse 1, it says, Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pastors, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people. Ye have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. You know how many people I've talked to in this area who their pastors have driven them out of their church with their rock and roll music? They've driven them out of their church with their watered-down, perversions of the scripture they've driven them out of their church with just their bad preaching with their compromise with their liberalism they have driven these old-timers out of their church with that kind of thing and the bible says one of those pastors do that you're supposed to be feeding these people you're supposed to be sharing the scriptures with them you're supposed to be teaching what the bible says but no what are they trying to do they're trying to fit in with the world they're trying to fit in with the community and instead of standing strong and being a light in a dark world they're blending in and, and let me tell you something, in all these churches, there's people in these churches that believe right, that think right, that they, they know what the truth is, but they're, in their minds, this is just the way of the world now. This is what all the churches are doing now. Hey, not all the churches. Not everybody's doing that. They, there's a congregation of believers out there that still believe, and the, the scriptures, they still believe we have a perfect Bible. That still believe, you know, that that are old-fashioned, that still sing the old hymns and aren't trying to change and fix the scriptures. We don't believe in trying to fix what isn't broken. And we're thankful we've got a perfect Bible that we can stand on, that we can count on. But a lot of people don't, they, that's just the way it is everywhere. And they're just going along to get along, and they know something in their heart's wrong. We see uh, in 1 uh, Samuel, Hophni and Phinehas. We're not going to take time to read that story, but in their day... There were people who despised what they were doing. They saw the way they were perverting the sacrifices and the things of God. They saw the way they were mishandling everything, but they had nowhere else to go during that day. I mean, if the high priest was wrong in that day, you were just in trouble. But th- thankfully, we're not, that's not the system that we have today. And But many people back then, they despised the Lord's offering and they quit being obedient because of that. And God, was, God ended up killing Hophni and Phineas for that. But you know what? There's a lot of churches out there today that people do despise what's going on in these churches, but they think that's all there is. And you know what? That's not the case. We, we've got to make sure we let them know that we're here. And so we see, so there's many people that are ready to get saved, and someone will preach to them. We just got to get out to them. There's people that want to do the right thing, they want to stand with those who are doing right. Hey, every time another church, and I, and and I hate for this to sound the wrong way. I don't want churches to go bad. Y'all understand that? I'm cheering for other churches. I want them to succeed. I want them to do good. It does my heart good when I talk to people we are out soul winning from other churches and they believe the right gospel. I'm, I thank God for that every time. And we're not the only church in town that preaches salvation right. Okay, I'm not here to say that today. There are other churches in town that are preaching a clear gospel and have a lot of saved people in those churches. Okay? I, and I know that. For a fact, based on the testimony of many people, so I'm cheering for these churches. I hope they, I, I, I hope they keep doing these things. But you all realize, as they thin out, okay, as more compromise, as more get away from the truth, that's just going to draw the people who do love the truth to this place. Hey, okay? so you need to understand, and I hate to sound carnal right now, but if I may speak in a carnal way, I believe, you know. We have a great opportunity today to to build a great church because there are so few that are offering what we are offering today it is becoming more and more rare and if people do want this type of thing you know there's not too many other places to go so you know what this isn't time to compromise and just do what everyone else is doing okay? if we're just doing what everybody else is doing then we're going to have you know we're going to have a ton of competition but do you understand That doing things the right way, there is a great opportunity today, but we've just got to stick to it. So the third thing we need to understand, there's many out there who just literally have no idea what to do. And they would do the right thing. They're just being led astray by wicked shepherds. You say there are no wicked pastors. Well, how come Jeremiah 23 is saying, woe be unto the pastors that scatter the flock? Turn over to John chapter 10. I wish I could tell you everybody that calls themselves pastor is a good guy. But it's just not the case. Thank God for good shepherds. Thank God for uh, those who have, you know, been in one place for a very long time. Uh, you know there are there's there's other pastors in this town. I mean, they've been in their church three times as long as i've I've been here. And I'm thankful for that kind of testimony. My dad who's here today. He pastored one church for thirty years. You know, thank God for people that have that kind of testimony. But a lot of people, I mean, they just jump around from place to place. You know why? Because they are hirelings, is what the Bible calls them. It says in John 10, in verse 11, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hiring fleeth, because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am and am known of mine. You know many people out there today, they do they want to do the right thing, they just don't know what to do. Nobody's telling them. You know, their pastors or hirelings, if they speak the truth, they're afraid they're gonna lose their paycheck. They're afraid that they're gonna get fired. And they don't and they don't realize too, there's always gonna be wolves trying to get at the flock. Jesus is talking about the good shepherd. He gives his life for the sheep. He's watching for those wolves. He's watching for those dangers. He's watching for that false doctrine, and he's ready to stand in between the flock and that wolf. That's what a good shepherd is ready to do because the wolves are always going to be trying to get out the flock. And many people today, they're being led astray by the TV preachers that are out there. A lot of people, have never they've just never heard a real Bible preacher. They've only heard what they see on the television. They only have heard what you know. people they watch on the Internet. Many people are being led astray by Hollywood and the news media. Listen, take it easy on people who are just dead wrong on a lot of things. A lot of them have never heard the truth. A lot of them have never had somebody open up the Bible in front of them and say, Thus saith the Lord. A lot of them have never read the Bible. How would they know? You know, So they're just going to go along with what's being taught in the schools, what's being said on the news, what's being promoted on television, they don't know there's an alternative. They don't even know that we exist. And many times, when they find us, at first we seem crazy to them. You know, it's like inside they know there's something wrong with what Hollywood's seeing and you know doing and teaching. But at the same time, you know, everybody seems to be in agreement. And then there's that one group out there, those crazies, you know, that don't agree with all that stuff. But you know, if they, if we would be patient with them, if we would love them, if we would be a good example to them. And if we would give them a chance, I believe a lot of these people would come around. I believe a lot of people would. And so we need to be there for them. And listen, I'm not trying to be critical, but many of these people right now are in a, different, are in a difficult place because they have been abandoned by their shepherds. We wonder why people are thinking the way they are today. I wonder if it has something to do with months and months now of just not even being able to go to church. I mean, you know how many elderly people are out there, you know, they don't have internet and all those things, you know, they don't know how to do that stuff, they're not able to watch these live stream services and things, and so what are they doing? They're watching the news, they're watching the television, just getting bombarded with all this propaganda. Hey, it's during the difficult times when we need preaching more than ever. It's during times like these that we need each other, and there's a lot of people out there today that literally have been told. You can't come to church. You can't, you know, we can't do anything for you. We can't shepherd you at a time when they need shepherding. And listen, we're not out there. I have no interest. I don't try to steal from other flocks. I'm not interested in that. I don't want to do that. But at the same time, if we see a sheep that's abandoned, I think that should be fair game. Don't you? I mean, they're they're fair game. I, I think you ought to be faithful to your church. But if your church isn't assembling and you want to come visit over here i think that's fair game right there if you ask me but i said but we just need to be available and understand right now this isn't a time where we're like you know it's too hard let's just give up no this is a great opportunity that we're living in right now we are in the harvest season and god is blessing our church and i believe he's going to continue to bless our church but again we got to keep working We've got, to, we've got to get out there. This isn't, you know, It's like we all want the church to get to a point where everything will just be easy. Well, if we get to that point, you know what? God's just going to quit blessing us. It, we, we've received a lot of blessings this year, but God didn't bless us with these things so we could all take a nap in the harvest time. People are still out there dying and going to hell. There's fewer people out there trying to reach them today. So you know what that tells me? Even if God is blessing us, it's time for us to work harder than we have ever worked before. This is the most important time, and we need to be out there reaching people with the gospel, reaching people with the truth. We need to be standing strong during this time. We need to be speaking out against the evil and the wickedness that's going on in this world. We have got to be a light to this world. They need it now more than ever, and I believe that this is our opportunity. There is no doubt we are in a harvest season, but harvest time is not vacation time. Harvest time is working time. And so it's time to get busy, it's time to ramp things up, because our window of opportunity is closing, and it's important what we've got to do. And one final passage, look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, because we've got to be getting people saved, but we also need to get them in church and teach them and lead them in the ways of Christ. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, I have planted and Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth, and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. Thank God for those who have helped And getting us saved, you know, I'm thankful my dad is the one that led me to the Lord He's here today. I'm thankful that he taught me the truth I'm thankful I was taught in the ways of God and we need to be that to other people We need to reach them and we don't know what all's been done. You know, there's been a lot of planning There's been a lot of watering. you know those people that I talked to that one day The reason that they were so ready to get saved is because a lot of work had already been done I was just blessed to be there for the harvest And that's what, whenever somebody gets saved out soul winning, chances are you're not the only one that, you know, led to, you know, led them to the Lord. It was probably a bunch of people. We just were privileged to be there for the harvest, which is the most exciting time. And I'm I'm afraid that many crops are just going to waste and withering because the laborers just aren't there and we're missing opportunities. And so... We've got to get busy, and we need to recognize the the time that we are living in and the season that we're in right now, spiritually speaking. And I do, I believe we are in a harvest season, and not just because it's the fall. I I believe we literally are there, and if we want to continue to see great things done at this church, it's time to ramp things up like never before. And I believe if we will do that, God will bless us in a great way. We will go out there just... weeping, bearing precious seed. We'll be rejoicing, bringing our sheaves with us. That's what I want to see happen. There's a lot of people out there that need to hear the truth, and we need to be there for them. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness and your blessings. Dear God, and I pray, Lord, that you will help us to just get busy during this harvest season. Lord, we thank you for many of the blessings that you have given us recently, but Lord, help us not to Take a vacation right now during this important season. I pray you'll help us to just get busier than ever and just uh, be motivated to go out there and just have compassion on these multitudes that just have no shepherd right now. And I pray you'll help us to be that example. In your name we pray. Amen.